Hello and welcome to Matt's Six Nations Rugby Show. We've had a few months since the excellent Rugby World Cup in Japan and now it's time for the 2026 Nations. I can't wait. Yeah, that's right. The 2026 Nations is upon us. And it's an always interesting one after the World Cup to see which way the teams are going. So this week we're going to have a look at each of the teams and see where they're at going into it. And first of all, we'll start with the team that probably had the worst World Cup overall. Scotland. Scotland, when will we see your light again? Fifth in last year, Six Nations. Didn't get out of the Rugby World Cup group. It was going to be tough with having Ireland and the host Japan in there. But throughout the year, didn't really see the performances building, going anywhere. And now in the build-up to the Six Nations, Finn Russell's been kicked out of camp. Not going to play in the Ireland game. Might come back for the rest of the Six Nations, but it's going to have to be some sort of mediation between the coach, Gregor Townsend, and Finn you got to look back to where this all really stems from. If you go back to last year's Six Nations, England are 31, up, 31 to 7 up against Scotland at half time. Scotland are getting smashed. Finn Russell and Gregor have an argument in the changing room about how to you know, change things. Finn's told us this. And then in the second half, Scotland bring it back. Finland does a man of the match performance and really shows how impactful he is on the team what sort of a prodigious talent he is and he's been showing that with Racing 92, his performances in the Champions Cup matches he is that sort of next level player that Scotland definitely need to keep in camp and Greg is going to have to look at a way of bringing him back in with, with mediation, I don't know how he's going to do it but Scotland need Finn Russell they've got Adam Hastings there been playing solidly for Glasgow in the Pro 14 and the Champions Cup but he's not he's not that prodigious talent that Finn is also Brian Duncan Weir from Worcester also having a solid season but he's not playing at that Champions Cup level uh, week in week out um Regarding the, the rest of the squad, he's made Stuart Hogg captain. Now, this is another player of star quality. Has moved down to the Exeter Chiefs. Um, I'm guessing to improve his chances for the Lions by playing in arguably a tougher league. Um, learning off the Exeter Chiefs because they are now becoming the premium performers in England and they're challenging in Europe this season. So I think that was a good decision for Stuart Hogg and hopefully for Scotland and hopefully for the Lions as well. Now we look at the rest of the squad there. We've got 13 players from Glasgow, 16 from Edinburgh and the rest made up from English clubs. I love the fact that he's got his 16 players from Edinburgh there under Richard Cockrell who brings real steel to his players, doesn't he? You saw him with Leicester for many years, the success that he had. They're really getting his players to intensely play every match and bring more than they've actually got to to proceedings to actually try to challenge and Edinburgh are flying in the Pro 14 this year off the back of that now Scotland they, they do need to change things they're ninth in the world amongst the Fijis and the Argentinas and you got to think that they should be 
doing better. But you've got to look at this, their structure. They've got the two teams in the Pro 14, Glasgow and Edinburgh. And what's going on underneath that? Well, they've tried to change that this year by bringing in the Super 6, uh, their new top-tier domestic rugby league Um just trying to make things different for the pathways for the players to come up through. However, this league is part-time. You've got to question whether the players are going to then, if they're good enough, be able to make the step up into the Pro League. But I like the fact that they're trying to just do something different in Scotland. Because let's face it, they've not been putting many players forward for the Lions for many years now. And for a nation that Scotland and Wales are quite similar surely Scotland should be trying to do better than they actually are because let's face it they're going to be looking at the wooden spoon playoffs again in the Six Nations so next up to look at is our other wooden spoon contenders Italy Italy, right, well they're trying something new they've got a new coach, Franco Smith the head coach of the Cheers we all know the Cheers play expansive attractive rugby so he's now the interim coach of Italy uh, let's have a quick look back at the, the Rugby World Cup they were never going to get out of that group were they uh, the All Blacks, South Africa I know they had the technical draw with the All Blacks but they they are where they are we all know where they are 12th in the world it's not really building year upon year but there is a little bit of light they've got 17 players in the squad there from the Benetton team that play in the Pro 14 that can put in strong performances I've watched them play against Gloucester in the Champions Cup they were really challenged them there and also against Leinster in the, in the Pro 14 they've got players like Jake Pledry who plays for Gloucester a great all-rounder he, he'd be strong enough to make it into any of these other nations teams as well um, the challenge for, for Franco Smith is to make it more than just about beating Scotland year after year they've got to aim for challenging the, the you know the Englands the the, the French uh, the you know the Welsh and it's it's where this is going to come from it's got to build upon a, a foundation of the Benetton players and then hoping that the other players are strong enough to be able to to meld with them to be able to push on it's unfortunately looking like it's not going to make it this year though and I think it is going to be a battle with Scotland for the wooden spoon so next we have one of the realistic contenders for the Six Nations this year Ireland The Joe Schmidt era is 
over. And it was, on the whole, very successful Grand Slam, beating the All Blacks twice in Chicago, then back in Ireland. And yes, he did finish with that World Cup performance. Started strong against Scotland with a good win, but let's face it, getting demolished by the All Blacks. And now, interestingly, his number two, Andy Farrell, is taking over. It's going to be interesting to see how that continues, whether the continuity is a good thing or whether it should be a completely new voice coming in. Now, I know Andy Farrell has brought in some new coaching staff, which maybe will bring in those new voices, but you've got to look at the players as as well. I mean, Ireland are fourth in the world at the minute. They're striving to be that number one position, but are the players going to get them there and or some of the players had their time now. I'm looking at Conor Murray and Sexton. Sexton himself is 34. He's never going to make the next World Cup. But Andy Farrell's got him in there, I think, as the wise old head to coach the younger ones coming through. Because we have got some good talent coming through there. We've I mean, got the scrum half Cooney with, with Ulster. Brilliant Champions Cup performances. And if he pairs that up with the fly half of uh, Billy Burns, who at 25 years of age will be primed for the next World Cup, and especially playing at Ulster together, you know, getting used to each other's playing their styles, then that could work really well. And not only Billy Burns, but you've got Ross Byrne there playing with, with Leinster at age 24. He will also be in a great position for the next World Cup. So I think over the next few years, we're going to see Andy Farrell having Sexton there, maybe playing the majority of the match, but then gradually building the use of these other players to try to give them that experiences in order to develop for for the next World Cup. Do I see Ireland charging for the Six Nations? I do. I think they've got the quality there, especially with that Leinster squad of players in there that can play to a consistently high standard. I think it's going to be very interesting how the other teams cope with Ireland, with what they're trying to do as well. But Ireland have got some crunch matches at home, starting off with Scotland, that they're going to be able to build upon. And once they've got that momentum going, I think Ireland will be a strong team to challenge for this Six Nations. Our fourth team to look at is France. Yes, and this wonderful French team. Well, potential to be wonderful because you've got to say it was surprising the World Cup, wasn't it? They were knocked out by Wales, yes, in that quarter final, but really, should they have won that? Their idiot of a player got a red card for that elbow, but really, they did dominate, and it is amazing how they, they ended up losing that match. And it was that the embryonics, you know process that this French team's going for. They've got the new coach, Fabien Galtier. He's brought in 19 new caps. There's 12 players there, under 12 caps as well. So that's 31 of the 42 squad that's 
fresh-blooded, new experience. They're, they're nothing to fear because they're just young, energetic, wanting to prove something. And France have been strong about saying, look, this is the new building block for the next World Cup in our country. So that is completely what we're aiming for. And there's a whole like enthusiasm bubble building around this French team that I think has got, you know, surprisingly for a French team, high expectations now. Coming into this, into this, I mean, you look at the whole squad. Gail Figu is the highest one there with 51 caps. The other ones below them are in the, in the 30s. So it really is. In, in so I think to work with that, they've brought in Sean Edwards from Wales. Obviously, let's face it, Wales won the Grand Slam last year based upon that defence. They didn't score many tries. So if they can mesh that. Sean Edwards' defensive mindset with the the dynamic talent that they've got there. They've got Entomac at 12, who's, who's a fantastic player. And I think France are really going to challenge this year. It might be too early this year, but I'd be really interested to see how they're going to go and whether they can push the more established teams, Wales, England, Ireland, to, to go for the title. Our fifth team to look at, Rugby World Cup semi-finalists and current Grand Slam champions, Wales. Gatland era is over. Well, what a successful period that was for Wales. Many Grand Slams, semi-finals of World Cups, but now he's gone. And Wayne Pivak, the Scarlet's coach, has taken over. Now, seen some interviews with Wayne Pivak, ex-policeman. He comes across with a toughness, a steeliness, but yet a kindness, a warmth to him as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he works with the players who for so long have been underneath Warren Gatland used to his messages, used to these messages being successful as well, not only for Wales but for the Lions, well-respected coach and obviously the Scarlet's players that worked Wayne Pivak are going to like his messages because, um, let's face it in 2017 when they won the, 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 the pro competition, they play, were playing great rugby um, and that's probably why he was chosen to carry on from, from Warren um, now let's look at the, the squad that he's, he's put together he's brought in a couple of new players um, one I'm really excited for, Nick Tompkins, uh, plays centre for Saracens. Uh, he's 24, he's solid, absolutely solid. Every time he plays for Saracens, he's been brought up in that successful culture there. Um, he's also brought in Lewis Rees-Samit uh, from Gloucester, who's absolutely like lightning. If you've seen this, this lad playing, 18, you kick the ball through, and he's, he's so fast down the wings there. Um, Tulipe Faltau's back from injury. He gets injured so often recently. I mean, is, is he going to be as good as he was before? Is he going to be able to challenge? Because he got some, you know, really good players there towards the back of the scrum. Um, I've also got the battle for, for scrum half there now that Reese Webb has come back from Toulon. Uh, however, he's like. 31 now so is he really realistically going to be at the next World Cup or is it more for the now for his experience and his, his ability Gareth Davis at 29 he'll be at the next World Cup you know good player but maybe they'll be looking more towards the youth as the years next years go by Thomas Williams at 25 playing for Cardiff 
And then also it's interesting at, at fly half, you've got Dan Bigger having a great season at the Saints. Um, Bay's approaching 30 now, probably could be at the next World Cup. Uh, but I think they'll be looking for Jared Evans uh, plays with Cardiff as the, the future because oh, although Owen Williams is there he plays for Gloucester he doesn't get as much game time as you'd probably need to be able to challenge the other two to be the next person uh, stepping up for Wales now Wales obviously won the Grand Slam last season they came fourth in the World Cup they pretty much just run out of players towards the end they're currently fourth in the world are they going to win the Six Nations I think they're going to be up there challenging I think it's going to be close and I think a lot of it's going to come down to our last team that we're going to talk about now in the preparation for the Six Nations uh, World Cup finalists England So England are coming off of a an interesting World Cup. Yes, they lost the final, but that performance against New Zealand will be one of the remembered matches from the World Cup in Japan. So what's going to be interesting is how they take that form into the Six Nations. And if they can, to be honest, because there's been quite a few disturbances with England with the whole Saracen situation. I'm not going to talk about that too much. That's being done to death elsewhere. But it's how these Saracens players are going to respond to it and the uncertainty potentially about what's going to be happening to them further down the line. Now, Eddie Jones has brought in eight uncapped players, which is I always believe it's good for freshening up the, the training environment. And I think he's had to do that as well because of the injuries that England have got. Substantial injuries. Billy Vinopola, another broken arm, poor lad. Uh, Jack Nowell injured, Noel injured again, poor lad. Joe Cocken and Singer. Uh, Mark Wilson's just coming back from injury to play for sale. So this means that England don't have... Uh, an in and out number eight. Now I know I know Ben Earl has played number eight for Saracens and can do that, but he's not a heavyweight dedicated number eight like we've got uh, Don Brandt or, or Nathan Hughes. Now Don Brandt, especially past few weeks, I've been watching him play. He's explosive. He's dynamic. His skill set is is up there. I'm not sure what Eddie Jones is needing to see from him in order to get into this squad, but also Nathan Hughes. He dropped off a little bit last year, but he's been doing man of the match performances for you know for for Bristol so far this year, and I can see them both in the team. So it'll be interesting as the Six Nations goes by whether Eddie's going to look to bring them in at a later stage to see how things go, or whether he thinks that what he's got is is good enough. But there's another situation which concerns me with this England uh, choice of team is the scrum half selections. We've got Willie Hines. Yeah, he's playing well for Gloucester, but he's, he's 33 now. And are we looking for success net for now or for later? Well, it's got to be for now, hasn't it? Because along with Ben Youngs, who's also 30, 
All right, Ben Young's very experienced, 95 caps. If he stays injury-free, he's going to be going up above 100 caps, well-deserved uh, for the consistency that Ben Young's can bring. But in my mind, you've got to at least have in the camp a couple of younger scrum halves. They're going to learn and get that experience of being in the England camp and learn off the other members of, of the squad. Um, so we'll see if Eddie Jones changes that later on in the Six Nations or maybe just for this year is thinking about right let's make keep England being successful uh, for this year okay we've talked about each of the teams now so next is the match predictions First round of the Six Nations is nearly upon us, and so here are my predictions. First up, Wales versus Italy. Well, it's not really a difficult one to call this. I'm going to go for Wales. Um, quickly moving on to Ireland, Scotland. I don't think Scotland are going to have enough against a newly invigorated Ireland under Andy Farrell in Ireland. So I'm going to choose Ireland for that one. And then we come to England and France, the most difficult one to call. It probably should be England that win this, but I'm going to choose France. I think that France are going to bring something special to the Six Nations. So my winners this weekend are Wales, Ireland and France. Join me next week for another Matt's Six Nations show and let's see how the teams get on this weekend. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good weekend. Bye.